Hello everyone and welcome to Red Chat. We're here at UKIA 2022 in Liverpool and we've got some new guests for us. Um, my name's Naomi Joe Kanzen and I'm my fellow host Joe McNamara. Hi everyone! So, go ahead to introduce yourselves please. Hi everyone, I'm Claire Simcock and I'm the lead radiographer at Great Ormond Street Hospital. Uh, and I'm Ian Simcock uh, and I've just finished my PhD and I'm also uh, at Great Ormond Street Hospital. So can you tell us why are you here together? <laughs> so for anyone who doesn't know you. There are some perks to being married and being in the same profession and it means actually once in a while you can come to an event like this and actually share the experience. Yeah, yeah. And leave the kids with the grandparents so it's quite nice actually. It's, it's good but yeah it's, it's been really interesting to have a look around and um, an almost tag team sort of thing because Claire knows certain people and I know certain people from my kind of work so um, it's been really interesting to, to see across the board as well actually hasn't it? Do you talk about radiology in bed at night? No, absolutely not. 100% no. <laughs> They're not going to tell us what they're talking about. <laughs> no. I like to know all the nitty-gritty. I didn't ask about sex lives. No, right? no, no. no, 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 no. no. She says that because on a previous podcast she has talked about her sex This is not what this podcast episode is about. Yeah, this is daytime hours. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is not what we've signed up for. I know, when, uh, when Richard from the Society College of Radiographers came in and said, this is the married couple of the radiology world... <laughs> Yeah, you didn't know what you were letting yourself No, definitely no. not, definitely no. not. So, moving on, not talking about sex, um, can I ask first, what, what, do you, what do you do in your role? What does it actually entail? Yes, yeah, so I'm um, the lead clinical academic at Great Ormond Street Hospital. Uh, so I'm NIHR funded, so National Institute for Health Research, uh, and they funded me to do my PhD. And during that time I developed micro-CT for human fetal post-mortem imaging. So, uh, to give it in a, a real nutshell, effectively, um, conventional autopsy can find out the reasons why maybe a pregnancy might have ended, like a miscarriage or a stillbirth. But um, what we could also do is do imaging tests to find out perhaps why that pregnancy may have ended that doesn't involve such an invasive technique. So we can use MR and ultrasound and CT and x-rays, but those techniques don't have the resolution of very, for very small babies. So anything less than sort of 20 weeks, essentially we haven't got the resolution. But micro-CT is a technique that's been used for looking at um, really small, detailed uh, specimens in very high resolution. So we can look down to micron levels, so a thousandth of a millimetre is the resolution that we can get down to it. So I, I helped to develop a technique with, um, uh, for, with Dr Arthurs and uh, Dr Kieran Hutchinson to basically to, to make this into a clinical tool that we can use now to, to scan babies less than 20 weeks old and to find out hopefully why they may have died and to give the parents some sort of closure and, and some sort of idea about that without any having any of that invasive uh, nature. And so it's been really successful. We've done now, uh, scanned over 750 babies in the last four years. It's a real clinical clinical service that is not available around the world anywhere else apart from a great Ormond Street hospital in that, in that clinical service. So it's been, it's been really, really great about it. Do you find it hard? It, it is tough. Yeah, definitely. When I first started, obviously, there was a bit of intrepidation in it. But actually, because I know and I've spoken to parents and ran PPIE groups, I know how much this means to them. Yeah. That they can hopefully find some, some closure or some information. You know, I speak to women who came to my last workshop who'd had like 13 miscarriages in a row. And that's really awful. I mean, that the emotional trauma of that. And if at least on 
you know, they can start to find out some reasons why it happened, then hopefully they, it can, A, it can help in future pregnancies and have implications for that, but also just to find out that they feel that they've done the, the, the most to look into why it may have happened, I think is really important. And, and that's what sort of sustains me while I'm, I'm doing that work, knowing that it's, um, it, it, it's just helping them really, you know, and they, and they really benefit from it and really feel that it's, it's worthwhile. So. It's interesting actually, I'm reading a book, I've forgotten the lady's surname, but it's Lucy something, she's a disaster management specialist and she talks about how CT for post-mortem, how it came into effect following different disasters and it is beneficial because it's not invasive. Yes. Uh, and actually the practices across different countries is very varied. So autopsies in some countries they will remove the hands or the jaw to do understanding instead of an autopsy to um, recognise who they are and find their identity. Do you find that this sort of practice is different in different countries? Or have they got that practice across the world? So these, so it, I, I don't do any other um, post-mortem imaging myself. We've got CT and we've got MRI at Great Ormond Street. We do do that occasionally, actually, apologies. But, but I don't do any uh, natural disaster investigations or anything like that. That's not what, what I do. I merely specialise in this one area. Um, and the fact that although these micro CT scanners have been used historically in industry and archaeology and all that sort of thing, the technology is there and it's been around for a long time. It's never been used in this clinical way before. So, so hopefully, you know, we've published papers, we've put out um, animations on YouTube. To, we're involved in the Miscarriage Association and SANS charities to hopefully get this out there. And the next step now, which we've started doing consultancy work with other hospitals, is getting this into other hospitals so we can lead and make that change. So. At the moment, it's available to a certain um, sort of cohort of patients, parents that are within the London area that have their, their, their post-mortem services come to Great Ormond Street Hospital as specialists. But of course, we'd love it to be available everywhere in those specialist, specialist paediatric centres, and that's what we hopefully can do to get this technology out there. It's not mega expensive, you know. 400, 500,000, can you buy you the, the system and the computer and the gear and all that business? You can train up radiographers to do this and then, and then you know, I'm hopefully. Gonna, I'm going to sound really ignorant now. Really Not ignorant. at all, no, no. Um, there's no silly question. Um, <laughs> is a micro CT scanner just a really small CT scanner? <laughs> no, it's not at all, no. No, but it's not a silly question at all. The micro, the micro refers basically to the filament and so that because it's a very small filament, yeah. it means that the penumbra and the, the geometric unsharpness is really small. So that's how you can get down to that micron resolution, really. So it's not a silly question at all. <laughs> it's about oh, maybe maybe a metre and a half wide by two metres tall by three metres long, that sort of size. Standard. Yeah, pretty standard. You can get them much bigger. They can put whole cars in and scan very big artefacts, you know. There's a, there was a BBC documentary a couple of years ago with Rich, uh, with David Attenborough um, having you know a brand new fossil scanned and things like that or whatever and they did that down at Southampton so you can have them bigger or smaller but that's sort of the general size that they have at the moment yeah so, so I'm glad I asked that question because there will be people thinking of any, many, tiny, tiny little <laughs> CT scans. It's very true and it works slightly differently, they work kind of the same but slightly differently in that um, you put the specimen into the x-ray beam and you put it as close to the x-ray source as possible and then a little bit like a torch with your hand on the bedroom wall at night the closer you bring your hand to the torch the bigger the projection of your hand and that's spread over effectively the bedroom wall or the detectors in this case and then what you do is you rotate the actual specimen through 360 degrees and it takes x-rays through that 360 degrees and collects it as opposed to a clinical CT scanner where of course it's the x-ray tube that rotates around the, um, 
patient. So similar but different, but effectively it's working on the same principles. How did you get into that? Oh, I, it's not something that you maybe, well, maybe I'm being ignorant again, but you don't qualify as a diagnostic radiographer and go, do you know what, I'd love to work in <laughs> No, not at all. I, I'd worked uh, as a diagnostic radiographer for about 20-odd years. Um, and during that time, I'd done lots of research and worked in oncology centre with MRI and CT and almost done 20 years of MRI. And then um, I got uh, was looking around for a new challenge, really. And then Dr. Arthur's at Great Ormond Street Hospital, who's the lead academic radiologist, he contacted me and said, look, you know, we're looking for someone to take on this work and take on this research. We think, you know, you're suitable for it. What about it? And I said, look, I've, I've never done any post-mortem work. I'm not sure that it's, it's my bag. I've got two children. Is this what I want to do? Um, and, he, and he convinced me and said, actually, it's really interesting. This is the start of something that can be really, really changing in the clinical environment. You know, come and do it. It might lead on to a PhD. And I'd done my MSc at that point. I was like, whoa, I'm not sure I want to sign up for some other academic uh, study in my own time. Let's see how we go. Anyway, I... I was then, uh, he convinced me to apply for some NIHR funding for a PhD, which I was successful at, uh, and that ran for three years, and I've just finished that now, and it, it's been brilliant. It has been career-changing for me to have that ability to be the principal investigator in research, and to lead it, and to develop a new technique, and to get those academic skills of writing and presenting, and, and doing all of that work that comes along with it, and, and, and it's just been, been career-changing because I've now gone on to be postdoc and I'm applying for grants from that and I've got postdoc bridging awards from further from NIHR and Health Education England and, and it's just moving on. So it's really great. I'm, I'm really enjoying my career at the moment and it's, it's from this fund that allows me to be an independent radiographer, an independent researcher that's been great. So I've kind of moved along with it and it's, it's just been great that I can develop my skills and my academic career at the same time. And the post-mortem imaging I find really interesting. But I was definitely daunted at first. It wasn't something I thought, oh yeah, I'm sure that'll be fine. You know, I think I think it's natural to go into anything like that with intrepidation, with intrepidation, and, and wonder whether it's for you or not, really. Okay, so over to the wife. <laughs> what would we say, safe investing? Yes, every time. I'm sure, definitely. <laughs> so, do you want to tell us a little bit about your role and what a day in the life of you looks like? Yeah, sure difficult act to follow that really isn't it I'm not sure I can make such an impactful statement about my job but I suppose for me my job is empowering radiographers um, uh, and developing them kind of within the paediatric environment uh, and making sure that because we work in a specialist centre that we're not sitting outside of the realm of what's going on in the rest of the profession so if you take uh, reporting radiographers for example in a tertiary referral centre of paediatric practice that's really quite challenging to kind of implement but actually that's not held us back at all and at the moment we have um, a radiographer who's just completed her masters and she's now uh, reporting paediatric neuro-oncology MRI scans and um, we were also the first uh, hospital to employ a consultant radiographer a paediatric consultant radiographer in the UK and we're hopefully on the way to be able to do that for our next kind of cohort of, of radiographers coming through so for me it's about um, working with the entire professional group. I've been a radiographer for almost as long as Ian, but obviously I'm much younger. Um, so <laughs> so it, it's a bit, uh, for me now, about what have I done in my career? 
what uh, skills can I see that others have got? How can we explore avenues so that radiographers can develop in all different areas and, and make sure that just because you're within paediatrics that you're not pushing the boundaries. In fact, almost that gives me the drive to push the boundary even further. So in more than one ways, I support Ian and what he's doing, but research is a very key element of what we're doing at Great Ormond Street as well as the advanced practice and, and I have an open door policy of if you've got an idea come and talk to me and if you're able to put the work in we'll work together and I'll try and facilitate and support you to do that. Have you had maybe traditional viewpoints that don't agree with the reporting radiography? Oh yeah, um, not mine personally, I, I don't think there's any boundaries, in fact I was at a, a lecture this morning asking just that, you know, <laughs> uh, because they'd identified a gap um, uh, for expert witnesses, for radiographers, and I, uh, I said, well, surely the gap is radiographers there, isn't it? And actually that was a speaker from my institution, so when I talk next in about an hour, I'm sure he'll pay the price <laughs> and uh, have a difficult question for me too. But um, yeah, that not everybody is on board, and I think you are still constantly trying to challenge the status quo. And reporting, you know, it's been around for a long time now, but there are some staff and radiologists who are still very much against that question of the advanced practice, and actually, you, you do have to understand that you can only take certain things so far, because if you haven't got the support of the entire team, then you're essentially setting someone up to fail, and that, that's not the right thing to do. Um, but, but just to never give up really and just kind of slowly drip feed the idea as to why it's such a good idea to develop. I suppose I want to be a therapeutic radiographer but get to consultant practice. I've had a comment recently saying, well you're just taking the work away from the doctors, you're not really doing anything new. How is that as a viewpoint? Because I've found that quite, lots, I've met lots of consultant radiographers today from both sides but it's always been that kind of blowback at the beginning and then once the idea is better they can see the positive, that's what it works. Yeah. How do you bridge that gap? Well, I think the first thing to kind of acknowledge is there's a massive shortage of radiologists. So actually, I don't think we're taking the work away. I think we're actually contributing towards the workforce in a professional way. And we're working collaboratively across the profession. And for me, it's absolutely about pushing the boundaries of what radiographers can do and develop them to push them to their absolute maximal potential so that each day they come into work, they've got a new challenge that they want to walk towards. Amazing. And in terms of kind of hints and tips, so I'm just envisaging if have students listening or other radio diagnostic radiographers that have maybe aspirations to work in paediatric um, areas, what advice would you give them? Um, get experience with paediatrics. Um, I, a long time ago now when I was a student radiographer, was particularly anxious about working with children and I felt the kind of burden of making a mistake on a child so much more um, meaningful than actually a mistake on an adult patient and uh, there was a particular radiographer I worked with who could see that I was just disappearing perhaps <laughs> to the back of the control room when the hip clinic at the time was taking place and she spotted that in me and said you are doing every patient that comes through this clinic and I promise you you will feel much more confident about this by the end of the day and I think that not knowing at the time but was what set me on my paediatric career and just tackling uh, the issues that you face and just trying to just expose yourself and get that experience. I think the, I think the radiography community is a very welcoming community, but paediatrics even more so. So if you want to do it, um, certainly get in touch with me. You're more than welcome to come and spend some time at Great Ormond Street. 
but there's oh paediatrics. But there's paediatrics everywhere, you know, and actually if you want to do it, just expose yourself to the environment, work with the, the, your colleagues in that area already. And uh, I, I entered the world of paediatric radiography and I thought I'll, I'd, I'd worked in the trauma setting, I found that really exciting, I wanted a new challenge, I wanted a specialism. Uh, so I thought I'll go and do paediatrics uh, for a couple of years and uh, yeah, 22 years <laughs> later, I've not looked back. Oh, well, thank you so much. And you are definitely, I can see why Richard promoted you both as the radiology version of Mr. and Mrs. Yeah. Um, dream pa team. Power Couple UKIO 22. I'm going to put on my <laughs> office door when I get back to work and see how many people pick that up. Make sure you get Richard to sign on the bottom. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Authorised by. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much for coming on Rancher, and we would love to have you back for a full episode, I think, maybe separately. Um, just talk about your areas of specialism because they just sound really interesting and I know the listeners would be interested to learn more. So thank you. Sure. No, not Thanks so very much. much. Yeah, thank, you. thank you very much.